Good morning. It's good to see all of you out this morning. We're glad you're here with us. I tell you, today was one of them days that I, I'm glad I'm not leaving singing. I remember having days with all these allergies and my sinuses draining and things like that when I was at Gilroy, and I was like, I really don't want to leave singing today, but I had to. That was my job. <laughs> but I'm glad that I'm preaching today instead. One of the things I've noticed about myself in, in recent months is that I have transitioned in my life. I used to be a song leader that loved to preach. And now I feel like I'm a preacher that loves to sing. And so a little bit different. But I'm glad that I'm able to preach today. Our lesson for this morning is on the fruit of conversion. The fruit of conversion. Last week we talked about biblical conversion. The importance of being converted as Christians. Not just being saved, but being fully converted to Christ. And today we're going to talk about the fruit that comes with that conversion. As we looked at last week, just to kind of review a little bit, it is not enough to obey the gospel. It's not enough to repent and confess and be baptized for the remission of sins. That doesn't make you a saved individual. But one must be converted to be saved. Matthew 18 verses 2 and 3 says that Jesus called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them and said, Assuredly I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Perfect timing. Conversion means we are changed from what we once were and how we once lived. We have turned away from living as the world and turned to Christ. Conversion means that we are changed in heart, conduct, and relationship. Being converted, we are now children of God and heirs of His kingdom. Now let me ask you a question. How do we know for sure that we have been converted? You know, Satan would have us believe that we are saved following baptism. And nothing can change or alter our salvation because we have obeyed. God's Word teaches that His children must also bear fruit. According to Luke 3 and verse 8, Christians should want to do more for the one who gave up everything for them. This lesson is going to focus on the fruit that we are to bear in true conversion. There is fruit to bear. There is something that we must do as Christians. And this is what we must do. First of all, let's talk about bearing fruit. Uh, let's look at this idea of bearing fruit as Christians. It's not enough to be baptized. We must bear fruit as Christians. And we are taught so in several places. Turn to, first of all, to Mark chapter 4. Mark 4, 
We'll begin reading at verse 13. And here we read the parable of the sower and the seed. Mark 4, 13. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises, for the world, for the words said, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. Though some seed fell and began to grow, the soil that received it was never truly converted. Those not converted will easily turn back to their former life as they have not prepared themselves to endure. So we must prepare ourselves for serving God. We must prepare ourselves for worship. We must prepare ourselves for serving God outside of these walls, in the world, in our jobs, in all of our activities. We must prepare ourselves for serving God. And there's so many that will receive the word, even those who will obey it. But it's quickly taken away because they have not prepared themselves to endure. We are taught to be the soil that receives, accepts, and bears fruit. Being converted, we are able to convert others to Christ, but we must bear fruit. John warned the Pharisees they too should bear fruit. In Luke chapter 3, beginning with verse 7, Luke 3, verse 7. Then he said to the multitudes that came out to be baptized by him, Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. 
In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus taught us that we are known by our fruit. In Matthew 7, verses 15 through 20. Matthew 7, and verse 15. He said, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruit. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit. But a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Just as we will know others by the fruit they bear. Just as we are to know false teachers by the fruit that they bear. We can also know ourselves by the fruit that we bear. We can know whether or not we are truly converted if we are bearing fruit or not. Have we encouraged other people? Have we brought others to Christ? Have we done our job in inviting them and, and at least trying to win those souls? Now think of Noah. All the years that he spent building the ark. I think of all the things that he went through and doing that. But one of the things that we find out about Noah is that he was a preacher of righteousness. The only souls that Noah ever won to Christ or won to God, the only ones that he ever truly taught and who believed him when it came to the flood and, and them understanding what God was going to do, for those of his own household, those of his own family. Out of all the years that he spent preaching, there weren't that many that were obedient to God. But did it stop him from preaching? No. Did he bear fruit? Absolutely. He bore the fruit of his family. And through them was the beginning of a brand new generation. A generation of people who at least started knowing God. I'm not saying that we have to bear a hundredfold of fruit by any means. Some will bear a few, some will bear many, but bear fruit. Are you bearing the fruit of someone? has been fully converted have you been able to win other souls to Christ what is the fruit of conversion exactly what kind of fruit are we to bear as Christians first of all let me ask are you a new creature we sang the song a moment ago buried with Christ my blessed redeemer 
dead to the old life of folly and sin. Whenever we are buried with Christ in baptism, we also arise, we are resurrected. In the same sense that Christ was resurrected from the dead. We are resurrected to walk a new life. Are you different than what you once were? Have you been changed? Have you been converted? 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. In Ephesians 4 verses 17 through 24 Paul writes, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness in their heart, who being past feeling have given, given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. Verse 20, but you have not so learned, or you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man which was created according to God. And true righteousness and holiness. As a new creature. As a new creation in Christ. We are to rid ourselves of former conduct. The way that we once acted. The way that we once lived is done. That person that we once were is put away for good. To be righteous and holy means that we have set ourselves apart from the world and the things that defile us bearing His fruit instead. Galatians 5, 22 and 23, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. As a new creature we are given a new purpose. Romans chapter 6 and beginning with verse 5. Romans 6 and verse 5. For if we have been united together in the likeness of His death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of His resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin, for he who, for he who has died has been freed from sin. Picking up with verse 12, Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness 
to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. The goal of those converted is to avoid sin and its temptation. Colossians 3 verses 1 through 4. Colossians 3 verse 1. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is. Sitting at the right hand of God, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. We are now to seek the things that are, which are above. We are to seek first the kingdom. Matthew 6, verse 33, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. We seek, seek instead to do God's will. Psalm 40 and verse 8, I delight to do your will, O my God, and your law is within my heart. 1 John 5 and verse 3, For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. His commandments are not burdensome. We are willing to sacrifice all for the cause of Christ. Notice what is said in Philippians 3 and verses 7 through 11. Philippians 3 and verse 7. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ, and be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know Him, and the power of His resurrection, and the fellowship of His sufferings, being conformed to His death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Our bodies and our lives now belong to God. 1 Corinthians 6 verses 18 through 20 Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own, for you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. We are to love Him with all of our being. Answering the question of a lawyer and a Pharisee. Matthew 22 verses 37 through 38. Jesus said to him,
to Him. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And in loving Him, my desire is now to please Him and worship and serve Him. Psalm 122.1 I was glad when they said to me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. He is worthy of our praise. Revelation 5, verses 11 and 12. Revelation 5, verse 11. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders. And the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. In conversion, I am no longer who I once was. I have become a new creature. My desire now is to serve God. To put away every sin, every temptation from my life and serve Him. In being converted, I seek to bear the fruit of God. The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I seek to bring people to Christ by my example. I seek to be nearer to Him. To be closer to Him than I have ever been before. So close to Him that I no longer have the desire to sin that I once had. My life has changed. I now long to do His will. I long to be with the assembly of the saints. I long to dig deeper into His Word. I long to be a better Christian. Being converted means that I am different than what I once was. Those things that once brought me pleasure no longer bring me any pleasure. The songs that I used to listen to no longer ring in my ears they once did. The movies I used to watch are no longer the same. I no longer have a desire for those things. My life is to be changed. And we have many people within the church that have obeyed the gospel. No doubt. But one of the things that they lack in their lives is faithfulness. Faithfulness to God. And I have to wonder, what would the church look like if more people were not just baptized into Christ? But I wonder what the church would look like if we had more people that were truly converted to Christ. Christ. 
What would our attendance look like? What would our fellowship be like? Would we have more in this building? Probably so. If maybe we ourselves were converted more so than what we are. Maybe if we had more of a desire to reach out than what we have in the past. Maybe some of that would change. Maybe our fellowship would be more enjoyable because there would be more people here. Maybe there would be more working within the congregation. Maybe we would work more in our community. Maybe more souls would be one to Christ if we had more people that were converted. And not only looking at the thought of what the church might be like if there were more people that were converted within it. But what would heaven be like? I listened to a sermon last night. And it talked about families who were divided. We have so many families that are divided today. And one of the points that was brought out in that sermon was that just as we see families that are divided off earth, when we look at what heaven will be like, there will be families that are divided in heaven. It may be that you may have a father and the son in heaven, but not the mother. Or maybe vice versa, you have the mother and, and children, but not the father. When we look at, at parents and, and grandparents and, and some of the divisions that are there, there are people, there are families on earth that will be divided in heaven because not all are converted. Not all are willing to serve Christ. We may have those within our families that believe differently than we do that do not fully follow the Word of God. That are not His sheep. That are not part of His fold. It may be that we're in heaven but, but they're not because they don't believe the truth. They don't follow God as He has specified. What if more people were converted in the church? What would heaven be like? Maybe there would be less division of families in heaven. Is your desire to serve Him so that you can serve Him in eternity? If your desire is not in serving God, then something needs to change. Maybe it is that you are not fully converted to Christ. Maybe you realize you've not borne the fruit of Christ. The fruit of the Spirit. 
Those things that we are taught in the Bible that we need to do to be Christians, maybe you've not done them. Are you converted? Are you fully converted to Christ? If you're not a Christian because you've not obeyed the plan of salvation, we would love to help you in that area of your life. Maybe it is that you've not been fully converted though. Maybe you've obeyed, but you've not remained faithful. You've not borne fruit as you should. You've not borne the fruit of conversion. If you've not borne the fruit that you should, what's stopping you today? You can be different. You can rededicate your life to Him can dedicate yourself to His service each and every day of your life. If you need to come in obedience or repentance, asking for forgiveness or for prayer, if there's any way that we can assist you, we give you the opportunity as together we stand and as we sing.